Well, we say happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers here. And, and um, in Judges chapter 5, let me turn there real quick here. Judges chapter 5, we're going to start reading in verse 6. But before we do, we're going to pray over the word of God. Amen. Would you stretch your hand this way and pray over me? Pray with me. Agree with me. Father, we thank you today for your spirit and your presence, Lord, that was here in the first service, that's been here in the second service. And Lord, we're thankful for your love and your mercy, your grace, your hand upon us, God, and the wonderful presence of God, that we would be visited by you, that you would visit your people, Lord. What a what an honor, what a blessing, Lord, how privileged we are today to feel your presence in this house. Almighty God, we thank you. And Lord, I just ask you today as we come to break open the word of God that you will anoint me. Lord, you will equip me today that I may decrease, you may increase. I'm just a human. God, I'm frail. I'm flawed, flawed Lord, rather. And Lord, but you are great in me. You are great. You're an awesome God. And I pray that you'll help me today to convey to our mothers and convey to each and every person, Lord, the power of God that we have in prayer. And I just pray your blessing upon it, Lord. And we thank you. We give you all the glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Judges chapter 5, verse 6, the Bible says this. And in the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied and the travelers walked through byways. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose, that I arose a mother in Israel. They chose new gods. Then was war in the gates. Was there a shield or spear seen among 40,000 in Israel? She's asking that as a question, and the answer is no. But she said, My heart is toward the governors of Israel that offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless ye the Lord. Speak ye that ride on white asses, ye that sit in judgment and walk by the way. They that are delivered from the noise of archers in the places of drawing water there shall they rehearse the righteous acts of the Lord, even the righteous acts towards the inhabitants of his villages in Israel. Then shall the people of the Lord go down to the gates. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. You know, we've come, I've entitled this Deborah, a mother in Israel. Deborah, a mother in Israel. And we have come today to celebrate our mamas in this house. Amen. And I thank the Lord for our mothers because like Kevin said, and I'll just add to that, if there were no mothers, there'd be no us. We wouldn't be here if we didn't have our mamas. And I thank God for my mother today. I thank God for godly mothers. I thank God for each and every one of you mamas in here today. But I've often heard that there's no greater bond that a, uh, than a mother and a child because God designed it to be that way. I think it's so awesome how he designed it that a mama will carry that baby for nine months and there's a bonding all during that time. And, and I can tell you when that baby comes out, that mama wants that baby. You know, she's, she's been through all of that for nine months and God knit them together. And, you know, uh, he begins to create a nurturing heart and um, it's awesome what he does. I remember a pastor friend of mine had a granddaughter, and she was kind of rebellious and wild, and, and uh, she got pregnant out of wedlock, and she came, and she had that baby, and he said, you know, I didn't, I was really wondering, you know, at what, probably 18, 17, 18 years of age, you know, uh, how is she ever going to be a mother? He said, I just was concerned about that. He said, but the moment that that baby came out, he said, something kicked in, that mothering kicked in, and she just began to respond, and, and, and because because God built you ladies that way. He built mothers that way. And, you know, we owe so much gratitude to our moms. And there is a, an even greater and needful purpose for spiritual mothers this morning. We need spiritual mothers in this place. 
And uh, a natural role is very important. When I say natural, um, a mama that makes sure that you're fed and clothed and takes care of all of the things in the household concerning being a parent or a mama. But a spiritual mother is of greater importance because it lasts even into eternity. It never ends. But spiritual mamas are very important. And moms, my prayer is this message will remind you how critical and great your spiritual contribution is. Is to your children, spiritual mamas, how important you are to your spiritual children in this room. Amen. Because there's people, you know, that may not be a biological parent to someone, but you are a spiritual parent to someone and you love them. And they, they glean from you as a mentor. But children, we also need to know that we must cherish, bless, and honor our moms that are spiritual this morning. Amen. We, 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 should, we should value that. And I've seen uh, young men and young women that did not value the spiritual life of their mama. Let me tell you something. That is, that is so valuable today. And don't ever forget that. And if you're not a spiritual mom today, I've come to tell you there's hope for you. There's hope in this altar. Today is your day of salvation. Amen. Today is your day to renew that, that covenant with God that I'm going to be the spiritual mom and dad that God's called me to be because there may be some men in here. This isn't just for mamas. This is for each and every one of us today. Amen. But as I'm reading this, and the Lord spoke this to me several months ago or several weeks ago about Deborah as I was studying the book of Judges, the Bible says that she arose a mother in Israel. She arose a mother in Israel. This is so so huge. It's so important. It means so much. What does it mean, Pastor? It means that she was a vessel used to continue the covenant promise of Abraham. Think about that. She was a vessel used to continue the promise and the covenant of Abraham. God told Abraham that through you I'm going to establish a covenant and, and it's not going to end. Amen. Your, your, your seed is going to be like the sands of the seashore or the stars of the heavens. Your, your seed is going to go on and on. And we know through Jesus Christ who was of the seed of Abraham came the covenant unto us. A blood covenant where we are forgiven and God raised up Jesus. Jesus, thank God, you know. But what I'm saying to you is if there hadn't been a, a Deborah that continued to fight and continued to be a prophetess and a voice and somebody that was connected to God, who knows? Well, I know God's covenant will not go void. I'm not saying that. But, but she was a continuation of that. She was somebody that picked up that mantle and ran with it. And mamas, this morning, your spiritual life is important. Amen. Your job is not done when your children are 18 and they're in college or on their way into their own adult life. You parent those children and pray for those children the rest of their, of your, their life. Amen. They're our responsibility. But she was a vessel used to continue the covenant promise of Abraham. Think about that. Mom, you have an eternal call, a mandate, a purpose to continue the covenant. And it's so far-reaching. It's so far-reaching. Timothy was uh, Timothy's mother and grandmother were commended by Paul. He said, "I see the faith in you that I saw in Eunice and Lois, your grandmother and your mother. I see that faith in you." And that she was talking about Deborah. She was a woman who was a prayer warrior. She was a woman who knew God. She was a woman who had the gifting to speak for God because she was a prophetess. You have no idea, Mama, sometimes the things that you say to your children and how you can build them up or you can even tear them down. We need to be very careful. You can't be a, a spiritual mama operating in the gifts as a prophetess or as somebody that speaks, if you will, somebody that speaks prophetically, except you walk with God, except you talk with God, except you have an encounter with God. And Deborah knew the mind and the will of God. Amen. She knew the mind and the will of God. Maybe you've never read this chapter. Maybe you've never read the fourth and the fifth chapter, but Deborah had the mind and the and knew the will of God in chapter four. 
4, verse 3. You know, if you read chapter 5, that's just a testimony of what God did. But what God did really happened in chapter 4. We're reading here in chapter 4. And Deborah knew that the children of Israel, verse 3, cried unto the Lord. And God, uh, unto the Lord, for he had nine, the, the enemy of Israel had 900 chariots of iron. And they're crying unto the Lord because the enemy is so empowered against them, seems so mighty against them. And this, this, is, this is what got me and gripped me. In 20 years, 20 years, the enemy began to oppress mightily the children of Israel, mightily oppressed. That says something to me. You know, Deborah saw and had the mind of God. She saw 20 years of oppression, mighty oppression, not just light oppression, but mightily oppressed they were. And she, like the Lord, heard the cry of the children of Israel. You know, we have to have a heart to hear and see the cry of people, the cry of the depth of their heart. We need mamas like Deborah that see and mamas like Deborah that speak just like the Gentile woman that came to Jesus she was so desperate to get to Jesus she said you know my daughter's grievously vexed with the devil and we know that Jesus you know he said I'm not not come but for the the children of Israel I'm not come but for the house of Israel I've come for them first and she said I realize that but Lord help me and the Bible says he told her it's not lawful for, for me to give the children's bread unto the dogs And this mama didn't go home and accept that. But she kept pressing in. She kept pushing in. She said, I may be a dog, but at least the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table. If all I get is a crumb, my God, I'll take it. Please, my daughter's grievously vexed. There's a cry down deep within a mama's heart that says, my children are oppressed. My children are hurting. And they need an answer. And Deborah knew the answer is in Christ. The answer is in God the answer is in the power of God to bring deliverance think about it my Lord in heaven my Lord in heaven we need mamas that see what God sees and hear and speak what God wants them to speak and speak to their children speak to their children she had vision for deliverance and who God had called and how he had called them and who he had called to bring deliverance. If you read, you know that immediately whenever she began to judge at Israel, she sat underneath that oak. She had a place. She was an authority. She was a woman plugged in that God used. And God told her, I want you to call Barak to come. And I don't. there's not a whole lot said about him. Amen. But I know this much that he must have been some kind of a general or some kind of a warrior that she called him. God called him for such a time. And so she said, Come on up here. And a mother knows and she'll speak what God says. And she spoke it in verse 6 of chapter 4. She sent and called Barak, the son of Abinoam, out of Kadesh Naphtali and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor and take with thee 10,000 men of the children of Naphtali and the children of Zebulun, and I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon Sisera. Uh, that was the enemy, the captain of Jabin's army with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hand. Ladies, let me tell you something today. You can seek the face of God and get a word for your children. And tell them the devil's defeated. Amen. The devil's defeated. And God is going to bring the, the enemy into your reach where you can lay hold upon that victory. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah today. God's calling you to know this and to see this and to hear this today. Oh, it's so good. Moms can and will give you specific. God will give you specifics, mama. He will give you specifics, my 
brothers and my sisters a word that it's going to be a fight. Yes, but you're going to win. Amen. You're going to win. She spoke faith. She spoke direction. She spoke specifics. That's what God does. He, he said unto her to say to Barak, Has not God said it? Has not God commanded it? Amen. He's commanded it. He's going to draw him to you and deliver him into your hand, Barak. And of course, Barak replied, I'll go if you go. You know the story of Deborah, if you've read it. Maybe some of you have never read it. But she was one of the only female deliverers in the book of Judges that was notated as a deliverer. And he replied, I know you've told me to go. I know you said God's going to draw him out. I know you said he's going to be in my hand and God's going to bring deliverance. But I'm not going to go if you don't go. Now there's two parts that I want to break this down and share this with you today. If you don't go, I won't go. She agreed and she said, I'll go with you. But I want to tell you something. If I go with you, when that victory comes and it will come, you will get no honor out of that. In other words, somebody else's power and prayer life and connection with God brought that on. And not you taking that faith that God spoke to you to go and do it. Praise God. Amen. You and I have to know something. When God speaks to us and He gives us a word down deep in our heart and we step out, it's not easy. And you're not always going to have somebody holding your hand. In fact, you're not going to have somebody holding your hand if you're going to do it the way God tells you to do it. And He never tells you to do it the safe way. You want me to take 10,000 people down um, uh, with no armament and no, uh, no spears and no, no nothing of iron, just a bunch of farmers and a bunch of shepherds and a bunch of people that just got sticks in their hands and you want us to go and fight a, 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 an army with 900 chariots strong? My goodness goodness that's a death sentence that will mow all over us and he said I'm afraid to go but I'll, if you go with me I'll go what I want to say to you today and I don't want to focus upon Barack's decision but just say this there was a reason God had to raise up a woman why pastor because the man wouldn't do it Look, I don't believe that for a woman to be pastoring or in a capacity of ministry, it's because a man wouldn't step up and do what he was supposed to do. Amen. A man is supposed to step up and be the pastor. And the reason that a lot of times women have to step up and do it because God will use the person that is making themselves available and will be faithful and obedient to respond to the call. It's not the way he set it up in the Bible, but I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now. He said the man's supposed to be head over the church, supposed to be in that leadership role. That's the way it's supposed to be. But every once in a while, you'll see there's a there's a little old you know praying lady that's pastoring a church somewhere, and and she don't have but a small little flock, but she's leading them to Christ. I can tell you, God uses women too. Amen. I'm so thankful today. But what I'm saying to you is this: the reason God had to raise up a Deborah is because there wasn't a man that had enough of courage and intestinal fortitude to stand up and say I will go and fight for Israel I heard a preacher I think it was Paul Washer that said my wife told me if God uh, if God you know cut loose uh, man eating lions in the United States of America they would starve Say it again, Pastor. You ladies are so gracious. Some of them are going, Amen. Preach. If man eating lions were let loose in the United States, they'd starve. Where are the men? I can tell you we're living in a day in a society where men want to be women and women want to be men. God's called you to be who you are. Amen. Amen. He didn't make you any other way but the way that you are. But I have feelings and I have attractions. You know what? You can take that to the altar and God can crucify that. That was nailed to the cross. Look, I have compassion for everybody in here. 
Just like I have compassion for people that have been on drugs and people that have been alcoholics or people that are struggling with addictions, I'm compassionate towards you. I'm a coach and I'm preaching to you straight. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, to encourage you on. So, But let me tell you something. If you have an attraction that's not natural, God will deliver you of that. He didn't call you to be a lesbian. He didn't call you to be a homosexual. He didn't call you to be anything else but a man or a woman that he created you. We live in a day and a time where men need to be men and women need to be women. Amen. We need to step into our roles and that's not misogynist. That's not chauvinistic. That's just the way things are. Amen. That's the Bible right there. Hallelujah. They told us for the longest time, you know, they're touting all this now. You need to follow science. I said, you know, you told me to follow science and follow science and follow science and you've crammed that down our throat about climate change and all these other things that the liberal agenda wants to push down your throat and I said well let me tell you something biology is science biology is science amen you either have male parts or female parts you are who God made you to be so be that Quit making excuses and if you got a problem, come down here. We'll pray with you. We'll disciple you. We'll mentor you. There's people sitting in here. God's delivered of homosexuality. That he's delivered of perversion. That he's delivered of alcoholism. And he's delivered of drug addiction. And he can do that for you too. Follow the science. Follow the Lord. Stand with the truth. Almighty God. That's probably something, uh, some of you, that's all you're going to get. Did you hear what he said about that? Hold on, there's more. <laughs> men be men. Mamas be mamas. Amen. Don't leave your children to raise themselves. A child left to his own brings a, a, an embarrassment to his mama. Amen. Sister Skiles and I agreed. Whenever we had our kids, it didn't matter what we had to do. We were going to be in their life. We didn't want latchkey kids. And I know sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. I get it. I've got compassion, but we said, I don't care what it costs us. I don't care what we got to sacrifice. One of us has to be home when those kids are home. One of us has to be there. Amen. Until they get old enough that they know better or they're on their own. We have to stay in their life. Because a child left into his own brings an embarrassment, a shame to his mama. That's what the Bible says. We need to be very careful. Amen. There is a powerful force though. We're talking about Deborah and about a woman of prayer. A woman of power. There was a powerful force behind her life. And there's a powerful force behind every Holy Ghost filled man and woman that prays. And that reaches out and connects with God every life, every warfare there's a powerful force behind it, think about it, it's called prayer warriors, do we have any prayer warriors in the house amen, everybody in the house should be a prayer warrior it's not just for 10% of the church, the whole church is supposed to be prayer warriors the whole church is supposed to be full of the Holy Ghost, the whole church is supposed to be people that war a good warfare that stand in the face of the enemy and pray that God's people would be set free. The whole church. My God. If there's a victory, someone wanted because they prevailed with God. Deborah may not... She may have been the weaker vessel because the Bible talks about how physically a woman may be a weaker vessel. But she wasn't weaker in faith. She had a strong faith. She had a connection with God. And as Aaron was Moses' mouthpiece, Deborah was Barak's hands. 
Amen. She was his hands. A godly mama takes into consideration all things. She takes into consideration the frailty of her children. I just feel this in my heart to say, Mama, you have patience and you have tolerance and you have grace when your children are little kids. But watch out when they get older. You got to have the same patience. In fact, you got to have more patience and you got to have more grace. Amen. And you have to have more tolerance and more love than you've ever had. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, it's not really grace until. Come on, some of you ladies are saying amen. Some of you brothers are saying amen. It's not really strong grace until they know that they're doing something wrong. Amen. My little granddaughters, my little granddaughter Charlotte, amen. I look at her and you know, she's just not even two years old yet, but she's smart as a tack. Let me tell you, she's just sharp as ever. Sister Charles and I were talking about these. say, oh, that's because she's your granddaughter. No, my boys weren't even that smart at two. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, she's just sharp. And I'm not saying it because I love my granddaughter. I'm telling you, amen. She's sharp. She's sharp. And, 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 and I thought, my goodness, you know, we got to stay on her. Amen. And channel that in the right area because the devil wants to take that and he wants to take it the wrong direction amen but when your kids get older and smarter and wiser and they know more than you do you have to have patience (laughs) godly mamas take into consideration like Deborah did the fear of her children. She didn't be little Barack, but she said, I'm going to tell you right now, God's called you to go. But you, you said, hey, you won't go if I, if I don't go. I'm going to go with you. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to be for your honor. You ain't going to get the trophy, brother. But I can tell you, if you go with the faith that God's given you and the vision and the word, you'll begin to see things happen. And it'll be the victories that you've won through the power of God, not somebody else's. Amen. Too many people riding on other people's coattails. I'm not, I thank God that we have coattails to ride on, but there comes a point in time when you have to say, I've got to know God for myself. I've got to know the Lord for myself. I've got to have my own relationship with God. So listen, when mamas pray, they go there with you. Amen. She said, I'll go. And she did. Mamas go there with you. It's like whenever the prophet said to Gehazi, where you been? I was just out walking around. He said, no. Because he said, when you went, my heart went with you. My heart went with you. I felt it. There were times that I felt my kids, their, my heart went with them. You know, not, not a lot of times, but I knew something's not right. And so I'm thankful that a parent's prayer or somebody's prayers go with you there too. This kind of prayer involves that you go. It involves you. And she had to go also. Deborah did. She had skin in the game. Why was Deborah so critical? Because she could see what Barak could not see. The prophet said, he don't see nothing, Lord. Open his eyes so he can see. We need God to open our eyes so that we can see. Amen? We need him to open our eyes so we can see. And thank God for praying mothers that see what we don't see. And praying fathers too. But it's not Father's Day. It's on you, Mama. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. But Deborah could, could see what Barak couldn't see. You can speak faith because you see the host of heaven. I don't think I can get the job. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I remember... I was talking to Grandma Jeannie one time, and I, I, I just, you know, I didn't have people in my life encourage me throughout my life. I didn't feel like that there was anything that I ever did that was an endeavor, you know, that w- would, would cause somebody to, to come to me and encourage me. But I remember if it was a job or something I wanted to do, and Grandma Jeannie said to me, she said, Jonathan, I said, Grandma, I just don't know, you know, if I can do that or not, this job, I don't know. And she said, honey, let me tell you something. You you can do it. You can do it. 
God will give you the power, the intelligence to do it. You can make it through that interview. You can get that job. And I was like, praise the Lord. And I remember when I went on my job interview and I went to the, 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 the machine shop and I was getting a job there at the machine shop and my boss rolled out all these blueprints and she said, now we've been working on this with Boeing and Kodak for the last seven years. We've been buffing this mirror and it's going to go on a satellite that's going to, you know, uh, uh, you know, on a satellite, be up there in this in space, and and she said, "Do you think that you can read and interpret these blueprints?" I said, "Of course." She just looked at him. She rolled him back, and she said, "You don't know nothing." She said, but you know what? I like your enthusiasm, and I like, you know, that you're courageous to step out and be proactive. And she said, I'm going to hire you because Grandma told me I can do it. And she told me, she said, I want to tell you. She said, stay humble. I'll teach you everything that you need to know, and everything you know I will teach you. And she said, if you ever try to take my job, I will fire you. So I just stayed right below her. I didn't get fired. I got hired to a new job at, as pastor of New Life Church of La Habra. But listen, God speaks faith through that mama that's praying. And she saw the host of heaven. Mama, your prayers release and command the arsenal of heaven. That's exactly what happened in the scriptures. It was released against the enemies of your children, against the children who forget God, against the children that have made new gods. She said in verse 8 of chapter, of chapter 5, they chose new gods. Then was there war in the gates Listen here, children, today, if you've got war in your life, if you've got strife and turmoil, you know, sometimes it's the devil and sometimes it's you. It's the choices that we make. We make new gods. And then we bring with that all of all the wickedness with those new gods. Come on now. But she, she, she knew that she had to be there to fight through Barak against the enemies of Israel. And mamas, you have prayers that go with your children. And there's times you pray over them and you have no idea of the covering over them that they've been protected from, the dangers they've been protected from because of your prayers. I remember Lee Ship called me one time when I came back from Nigeria and he said, you're back? I said, yes. He said, oh, praise the Lord. I said, brother, I had a great trip. He said, I'm going to tell you right now. He said, I had quite a time praying for you. He said, I was on my knees praying for you. We don't know the dangers that God has caused us to begin to avoid and, and be invisible in the midst of people that want to do us harm, the devil that wants to destroy our life. We have no idea because people are praying. Mamas are praying. Mamas are praying. Praise God. There was war in the gates. And the people, 40,000 in number. Israel had 40,000 in number. No weapons. No armament. And they were fighting against 900 chariots in 20 years of heavy oppression. Mighty oppression. So not only did they not have the tools that they needed, their minds were absolutely drained and beat down. Did you ever try to tell somebody and encourage them and convince them and they just couldn't, they just couldn't lay hold upon that and get that victory? They wouldn't believe it. I'm going to tell you something, Mama. You have power to speak, to speak into your kids, to speak into their life, to speak to them faith, to speak to them hope. When the odds seem so stacked, when the odds seem overwhelming, times were so bad, it says in verse 6, that the highways were unoccupied for fear. 
The highways were unoccupied. People had to take shortcuts and go down a different path to hide from the bandits and the robbers and the people that would come and cause them harm. They, they, that's part of the testimony there you know there's been deliverance from the noise of the archers while you're sitting at the watering hole it's kind of like Gideon when he was in that cave and he was they were hiding because of all of the, the, the terrorism that was taking place by these enemies of God's people And but she said the testimony is this that the noise of the archers God's people have been delivered from that the intimidation of it but we're living in a day and a time where things like then are so bad they're getting worse we live in a society where it's not so much oppression over your body and over your activity and where you can go uh, but it's oppression over your mind it's mental oppression we live in a society that's ever losing its freedoms and if we don't stand up and vote the right way our freedoms will be completely gone We must. Governments driven to control us. To go to, I was reading the other day, to go to digital currency. If we go to digital currency, I've already heard from Pastor Friday in Nigeria that they're holding your money. They won't even let you pull it out when you need to pull it out. You're allowed $42 a day, I think. The max. They want to control They want to control the media and they'll silence every voice no matter how popular they are. They want to indoctrinate our children, mutilate our children, mutilate our babies, mutilate our elementary students and secretly usher them off or or, or, or take them off to a doctor and let a doctor begin to cut off their, their, their private parts, change their whole identity and who they are. I can tell you we've got to pray. We've got to pray against this stuff. There's things that are going on. It seems like everything is allowed except Jesus. I was reading in Beijing, this is going to blow your mind, but in Beijing, the, 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 the Chinese government, it's crazy, but they consider Christians to be uh, people that believe in faith in Christ Jesus to have and be a thought virus. There, I've, got the, I've got the article, I'll show it to you. Thought viruses. In other words, it's no longer a a physical pandemic or a, a disease or a virus. It's not a COVID. Now it's the fact that you think a certain way. Now you have a thought virus. Do you see what we're fighting against? An oppression. But church, I want to tell you, that's why we have to pray. Mamas, that's why we have to pray. Because we live in a day where the devil is reaching to try to snatch our children Amen. But God knows how to fight our battles. Glory to God. And He raised up a Deborah. She arose for such a time. Mamas, you got to arise. Church, we've got to arise in this day that we're living in against the Antichrist spirit. And we know God brought the victory through JL, but ultimately through a cross and three nails. Why'd you say JL, Pastor? Because she took a nail a spike and put it right into old Jabin's head and she nailed him to the to the floor of that tent she nailed him amen you got to watch out man some women i'm telling you you better watch your back amen they'll take you out come on folks you know i'm playing and teasing I've seen mamas with daughters, church, three or four beautiful daughters. Somebody looking at him, she said, Hey, get your eyes back in your head. I'll, I'll come over there. And, I mean, you're like, Some cholo's walking by and looking. She said, Yeah, come on now. Or whatever. White guy, it doesn't matter. Perversion is perversion. Amen. I'm not trying to, you know, isolate anybody or anything like that. But she happened to be Hispanic. Amen. And she said, you better get your eyes back in your head, buddy. 
or I'll come over there and split it right down the middle. You're not going to sit here and look up and down my daughters. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My God, I got to finish here. I got to go on. God knows how to fight our battles. And he raised up Deborah for such a time as that. Moms, your prayers influence faith. Your prophetic words and encouragement will activate their faith. We know God brought the victory through jail, but ultimately through three nails and an old rugged cross through Jesus. You know, everything points to the cross. Amen. I know Jesus was nailed to the cross that day, but the devil was defeated. The devil was defeated. His fate was sealed. All we can do is believe in the powerful work of the cross and that's all we need. He's all we need. Now Deborah had a song. That's why I was so grateful we were shouting and praising today because the Bible says after God brought the victory and he did bring the victory, the enemy of God began to fight against themselves and their 900 chariots that were an advantage for the enemy of God. We watched as Israel just stood back and God began to deliver them in their hand brought the victory and the kingpin ran to who he thought was a was a friend or somebody that would help him but God knows how to take out the enemy amen and we know that Deborah had a song and she said then sing Deborah and Barak the son of Ahinoam on that day saying praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel when the people willingly offered themselves my God Are you offering yourself today to be an instrument for God to use, a vessel to use for the victory of your family, of your church, of your uh, country, of your nation, of your city? Are you, do you have the song of Deborah? Do you have a song and a shout of praise? And she had a testimony. What was that? Speak, she said in verse 10. That they that are delivered from the noise of the archers in the places of drawing water, there shall they rehearse the righteous acts of the Lord, even the righteous acts towards the inhabitants of his villages in Israel. Then shall the people of the Lord go down to the gates. See, when there's war in the gates, you can't go down to the gates, you're afraid. But what she was saying is, God brought such a great victory through a powerful woman of God that began to speak life and faith and a word into Barak and to the army of God. But ultimately, God did it. He brought the victory. But she said, do you, do you understand? I'm singing a song, and part of that song is a testimony that God's people are delivered from the intimidation of the devil. They don't have to sit there and look over their back at the water at the, at the well. They can, they can receive what they need in their life and they don't have to be afraid. They don't have to be afraid. I remember when COVID happened, they told us, you know, you can only have so many people at your house and this and that. And, you know, everybody was being the police. We just kept having service and then the police come by, called us and told us we had to stop. And I said, what happened? And the watch commander basically told me, he said, you know what? Somebody called on you guys. I already had it in my plan. We're going to lay low for a few weeks. And then we're all going to park in the back. And we're going to have church anyway. But everywhere you're going, you're looking over your shoulder and you're like, Got your mask here, and you're like, make sure, you know, when somebody, some Karen comes up and want to tell you, you can't, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to say that, it could be anybody, I hope we don't have anybody named Karen in here today, amen, but, but somebody tell you, you have to cover your face, and you're looking over your shoulder, you know, wondering if your neighbors are looking over, you know, your neighborhood fence there to see, do you got more than five people there, are you all sitting six feet apart inside at your Thanksgiving dinner, I said, my goodness, God's going to deliver us from the noise of the archers, amen, from the intimidation of the enemy, come on now, come on now. I'm so grateful for people that stood up and said, this is crazy, amen. This is crazy. We're just going to be together. We need to be together. We need the body of Christ. We can't be separated. We need unity. We need fellowship. We have to have that. 
And we're not going to be intimidated. Oh, I laid on my face and I prayed and I said, God, help me. But you know, we were living in a time. we got to be very careful to make sure that we are prayer warriors. And we spend time because that's going to pave the way for everything. And there's a testimony that comes. I remember my wife's cousin. She was estranged from the family. I saw her and met her a couple times when we first got married in 1993, 94. And then there was a fallout in the family and she never came around for 20 years. But Grandma Jeannie would sit in that recliner and she'd be knitting. Amen. She'd have a TBN on, listening to their worship music. Benny Hinn playing in the back. Amen. She's praying and seeking God, listening to that. Jimmy Swagger, whoever it was on TV that was playing at that hour. And I just remember her saying, one day she's going to come walking through those doors. One day that granddaughter is going to come walking through those doors. Because I prayed a prayer that didn't fall to the ground. I prayed a prayer that's going to begin to take up root. Amen. It's not going to fall to the ground. God heard me when I prayed it. And it may take 20 years. It may take 20 years. And the devil's screaming in your ear. God's never going to do it. He's never going to do it. She's never going to come. But I remember. Remember it like it was yesterday, eight months before she died. I believe it was about eight months before she died. Here come that granddaughter walking through the door. Oh, I'm so thankful, amen, that God hears us when we pray. It may take 20 years, but God will bring the answer, amen. There's a powerful force behind a woman of God that prays. Mama, you have no idea the arsenal of heaven that you have at your disposal to pray and to speak life and to encourage, don't ever forget it. It's a testimony. The testimony comes from prayer. You pray, God gives the word, you see it happen, and then that's a testimony. I remember one more account I want to tell you. My God. First service, I didn't even think I was going to get it out. I remember it was Brother Holman, he pastored a church up in up Northern California. PC of G. And his wife was a prayer warrior. And they had sons, and one of their sons got off and rebelled and got in drugs and was away from God. But Sister Holman never kept him from coming home. She let him come home. And he, he, he at her funeral. At her funeral, and they were asking all the kids to come up. And he said, the greatest treasure I have of memory of my, of my mom. She did a lot of things for me. He said, but whenever I was away from God and I was backslid, and he said, I was on drugs and I was running amok. He said, I came home one night coming down off of a high. And he said, I woke up. I woke up to tears, to drips of water on my face, he said, with my mama on top of me praying, Jesus, save my boy. Jesus, don't let him go to hell. Jesus, save him, deliver him. Devil, you can't have him. He belongs to the Lord. He was dedicated to the Lord, and he said, the, the, the memory that I have that is etched in my mind is my mom's tears soaking my face wet. Oh, and today he said, I'm serving God because I had a prayerful mama. I had a mama like Deborah that saw my life and she saw the oppression of the enemy, that it was mighty, but that God broke that through a woman's prayers. Mama, you're powerful today because you serve a powerful God. You're powerful today because you know how to pray and get a hold of God. You can prevail with God. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. Mama, you're precious today. But you're even more valuable because of your prayers. You may cook well. You may do all kinds of things well that only mamas can do. 
But I can tell you the greatest thing you can ever leave your children is to know how to pray. And that there is the prayers of the saints. I can tell you that rule the world. He stops everything at the throne of grace. Amen. He stops everything at the throne of grace. There have been many times my wife coming to me when our kids were younger and she'd say something to me. She'd say something to me. Whatever they were going through, I'm not, I can't even think of, there's so many different things, but she'd come in, she'd say, we're going to pray. Amen. We begin to pray. And we begin to watch as God begin to change it. But pastor, I've been praying, it hasn't been changing. I can tell you, God's working. You don't know. You don't know that they can't sleep at night. You don't know that somebody talked to them on their job about God. You don't know the weeping and the crying and the brokenness down deep within them. You don't know the hunger and desire, the heart, the passion that they have for God. You don't know. There are people sitting here this morning. You're here because somebody prayed for you. Somebody sitting in this room prayed for you. That's why you're here. You're delivered for that reason. You're sitting here today for that reason. So let's not just want to be mothers of Israel. I mean, mothers, mothers of the year. But let's want to be mothers of Israel. Mothers that say, you know what? My child is going to be a covenant child. Serving a covenant-keeping God. Amen. And mamas, you know the things that your kids struggle with. I've seen mamas say, you know what? My kid's not going to be that. I said, with that kind of prayer, I can tell you they're not. Amen. They will not. Mamas say, my child's not going to be a drug addict. He may think he's dibble-dabbling, but I'm going to tell you right now. We're going to pray that thing through. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. I close with this scripture. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. There's a prayer life that brings results. God, let me say this to you. God does not want to let his children down. No more than I want to let my kids down. Everything that you feel, Everything that you feel for your children, God is a hundred times greater, a million times greater. You love them, I can tell you, He loves them more. You care about them, He cares about them more. You don't want to let them down. You want them to succeed. He doesn't want to let them down. He doesn't want them. He wants them to succeed. When I say He doesn't want to let them down, what I mean is the prayers that they pray. So many times I've heard people say, I prayed, but God didn't answer. But you know, shortly after that, God began to answer. I said, you know what? You just need to be patient. God will answer. If you're here today in this house, and you're a mama who's a prayer warrior, I want to tell you thank you today. If you're a mama that's not a spiritual mama, today is your day. How can you raise your children to serve God or raise them up in the admonition of the Lord if you're not there yourself? You can't say, do as I say, but not as I do. You've got to do. You've got to act. You've got to serve God. Amen. And you, you, you can't love them spiritually through a glass wall. You've got to be there to take them and to, and to hold them in your arms. And by you saying, just follow my actions and what I do. What you're saying is... That you're on the other side of that. We're not, we're not really connecting there. There's a wall between us. But remove that wall and say, I'm going to embrace you. And I'm going to lead you by you going with me. Not by me telling you, just follow me. But not be a part of what I'm doing. God is calling you ladies this morning to that. And if you're a person in here who's away from God and you're not serving God, today is your day of salvation. Maybe God brought you here and your mama prayed for you years ago. 
and you say, he brought me here today and I'm convicted and I want to give my life to Jesus. Today is your day. 